live from my bedroom. It's Sincerely Z's podcast. Um, see, that's a little play on words because I'm talking about Saturday Night Live today, and you know, that's how they like start their episodes. Um, I'm not going to explain it anymore because that's going to make it not funny. But that's what I'm talking about today is Saturday Night Live and more specifically, the political influence it has on America. Um, This episode was inspired by a TikTok trend that went around, honestly, maybe like a month and a half ago. It's been a little while. It's been a hot minute. But it was that trend where people would list off all of these random topics that they could just talk about for hours on end because they like fascinate them. So that led me to thinking about what mine would be, and one of the things I came up with was Saturday Night Live, just because I absolutely adore that show. So, yeah, that's how I got to where I am today. Um, I guess I'll start by sharing, like, a little explanation of what Saturday Night Live is, just in case any of you aren't sure. Um... But it's a late night American TV show created by Lauren Michaels, where each week there's a new host and musical guest to accompany the reoccurring cast and their comedic and satire sketches. So many famous people have gotten their start on SNL as both cast members and writers. Just to name a few, there's Will Ferrell, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler. Oh my god, talk about dynamic duo. I love those ladies. Anyways, Bill Hader, Adam Sandler, Chris Rock, Jimmy Fallon, Andy Samberg. And John Mulaney wrote for the show. He auditioned, he didn't get on, but he wrote for it. And that list goes on and on. So many famous people got their start on Saturday Night Live. And quick side note, I'm sure you may have picked up on it, but that list was in no way in any sort of order of when they appeared on the show. Those were just the first people that came to mind. Um... But yeah, what I'm hoping you got out of me naming them is that, you know, SNL's quite a big deal. They have all these very relevant and popular people who had appeared on the show or, yeah, no, nobody I listed has currently appeared on the show. I was going to say that, but that's wrong. Um, Kate McKinnon is on the show right now. She's famous. Well, they're all famous. I'm repeating myself a lot. I'm sorry. Um... But yeah, uh, moving along from the explanation, I'll just talk a little bit about my experience watching Saturday Night Live. Um, I think the show is so funny, like hilarious, like cry laughter funny. Um, I have so many friends who honestly do not care for it in the slightest. So I guess I can admit that this show has kind of a dry sense of humor sometimes, But as someone who has grown up religiously watching The Office, I can very much appreciate that kind of comedy. Um, The first time that I watched Saturday Night Live that I can remember was the 40th anniversary special with my parents. Um, I was just going into sixth grade at that time, meaning that I definitely did not understand all the jokes being made. Um, But I remember thinking that it was so cool and... I instantly just kind of loved the culture of it all. So that stayed with me and I began to watch it probably late seventh grade through early eighth grade, at somewhere in that area. Um, I would try to watch the show, at least I'm not going to lie. There were many times where I would stay up to watch it because it used to air, I think, at like 1130. Now it starts at 830, I think, because their target audience 
was going to bed. No one was staying up for it. Um, yeah, so I used to have to stay up to watch it. And 1130 doesn't sound that late, but in seventh and eighth grade, I would come home from school like so tired. And then I would sit in my bedroom and I would wait for the show to come on. I'd wait for 1130 and then it would get to the time that the show starts. And I'd be so proud of myself for staying awake for that long that I would tell myself I deserved a five minute nap. And then next thing I know, I wake up and I miss the show. So that was a pattern for a little while. And then ninth grade, um, just these last couple of years, um, I watch the show weekly or if I miss one, I'll watch it the next day. Absolutely adore it. Um, and I really appreciate how it speaks to the times. Like what I mean by that is after SNL, there's an older episode that they'll call SNL Vintage. It doesn't matter how old the episode is. It could have aired a couple of episodes, like not a couple episodes ago. A couple of years ago, it's still going to be called SNL Vintage just because it's older, I guess. I don't know. Um, but so in October, I was watching the show with my mom and an SNL Vintage episode came on. And this one had originally aired in the year 2000 with Kate Hudson hosting to promote the movie coming out. Um, that she started in called Almost Famous, which is my favorite movie, by the way. So that was exciting for me to see. Anyways, um, while I was watching it, I just thought it was so cool that each episode is kind of like a little time capsule. Because a major part of SNL are the sketches that are making fun of political figures, events, and like the pop culture that were relevant, either specifically to that week or just the general time period. So while I was watching, there were parts where I was completely lost because I was born after the year 2000. I was born in 2003. So obviously I wasn't alive when this aired and I wasn't able to quickly pick up on all the references or ironic jokes, but it also gave me some sort of insight into what was occurring in America the week of October 9th through the 14th in the year 2000. So I truly think that they could be used to learn so much about any given week from October 11th, 1975, up till present time. Um, obviously, they take a little break in between, but, you know, pretty much up till now. Um, and, like, I just, I feel so passionate about that because you can learn so much from that show. I would even argue that you could pick a script from any episode and craft a history DBQ assignment to go along with it. I think it would be such an important and unique way to go back and grasp some sort of understanding of what made up the culture of a time before you were born or even just paying attention to what was, you know, going on outside the world of morning cartoons. Um, but with that sort of little explanation and intro, I'm going to go take a quick water break and then I'll come back and we'll dive right into the political influence and how they have changed voting patterns in America. Okay, so... Picture this. It's 1975. President Ford is running against Jimmy Carter, um, preparing for the 1976 presidential election. Now, we're gonna skip ahead a little bit. Um, Chevy Chase, you know, he's walking out onto the set of SNL and the cameras start rolling and he gives a very exaggerated portrayal of President Ford. This set the pathway for the future of SNL's political sketches, as this appeared on only the fourth aired episode, which was a very risky move made by the showrunners because 
you know, the show was very fresh. It didn't yet have the credibility it has today that allows the show to get away with the darker sense of comedy sometimes. Um, but this risk proved to be a very rewarding move because, like previously mentioned, um, soon after political sketches became a key aspect of Saturday Night Live. So for these sketches, Chevy Chase was partnered with Dan Aykroyd, who was playing Jimmy Carter, and they mocked the presidential elections between Gerald Ford um, and Jimmy Carter. That seemed very repetitive to me. Anyways, Chevy Chase stole the spotlight. He turned the president of the United States into a complete joke. And this type of straightforward mockery was of such an important political figure on a larger scale was kind of like a new beginning for comedy obviously in SNL but maybe just in general because it was so big and so influential. So Chase continued to play the character of Gerald Ford for quite some time and I say character because that's what he was. It wasn't even an impersonation. Wait is that the right word? Impression? Impersonate? Hold up. I don't know what the word is. I completely lost the word I'm thinking of. Um, I'll just say impression. It wasn't even really an impression of the president because it was so overly exaggerated that he was more of a character. And later in life, Chevy Chase admitted that he wasn't even really trying to act like the president and they didn't try to make him look like him either. So that's why it was more of a character. Like, you know, you watch today and they put in a lot of makeup to get someone to look like who they're portraying. But that was not the case quite yet. Um, so part of what Chase made fun of, um, again, on a very large, exaggerated scale, was an event that occurred when the president was visiting Austria. He took a fall on the steps leading up to a plane. And Chevy Chase took this and ran with it for quite some time, making Ford out to be a complete klutz. And, you know, the joke was made so much that the entirety of America kind of labeled him the clumsy president. Um, and, like, sure, he fell a lot. He was actually clumsy. But who doesn't fall from time to time, you know? Like, I fall all the time. That It's natural. But this portrayal of him made America think that he was just... A buffoon like he was such a joke to them and he was being portrayed to be so unfit for presidency and you know because there was a large audience seeing this character consistently being played um it altered the public's perception of the actual person and eventually because the jokes were so popular um floyd was advised to you know embrace the joke and act like he's a part of it um because you know if he's going to be made a complete fool on live television almost once a week he wanted to almost seem like he had control over it like he knew it was happening like it's all for fun all jokes no hard feelings um he was completely wrong about this because later in life in a 2008 cnn interview chevy chase admitted that um here's a little quote like his my leanings were democratic and I wanted Carter in and I wanted Ford out. I figured, look, we're reaching millions of people every weekend. Why not do it? So then later in the interview, the person interviewing him asks for clarification that he was 
aware that he was changing the public perception of the president and that he was doing that, like, to take advantage and um, get Carter in. To which he, like, literally just responded, oh, yeah. Like, he knew exactly what he was doing. And then also later in life, in an autobiography, the um, the president, he's, he wasn't president much longer after that, but... Um, President Ford had opened up saying that he did believe the show was a big factor in his loss of the election and much of his team agreed and at the time this wasn't announced later in life it was like a big thing after the 1976 election Ford's supporters were quite upset with the show because they also very much agreed that the show had um, a big influence on that election so that's just one example I want to talk about today I'm only going to go through a couple, but I chose a couple that I think are very um, relevant and important. So, yeah, that's the first one. Next, we're going to get into Sarah Palin. So that should be fun. I'm going to go take another quick water break and I'll be back. Okay, so our last two examples. The very last one's quite short um, because I really just wanted to focus in on these two very big um political influences and so that this next one is um sarah palin (laughs) what a fun topic am i right so her career was to put into simple terms crushed by tina fey um tina fey portrayed sarah palin on snl and one episode she was you know she was playing sarah palin at the time when she uttered the words i can see russia from my house which you know was a product of tina fey's impression it wasn't an actual quote but the lines between what was real and what was comedy were soon very much blurred because everyone thought that this was a sarah palin quote and i'm not going to lie to you up until I started doing research for my English essay, I did think this was real. Like, I thought she genuinely said that. Because I remember it was so big. Like, I wasn't even paying attention to politics at the time because I was very young. But I remember um, taking a family vacation to Alaska in, like, 2015 or 16. And I remember seeing this store that had so many, like, shirts that was making fun of Sarah Palin and they had this cardboard cutout of her where you would press a button and it said I can see Russia from my house so just seeing it everywhere like it was such a big deal of course people are going to think it's real when it's taken that far so because the lines were completely blurred it altered everyone's perception of whether she would be fit to be at such a high position of power you know she was running alongside John McCain at the time for um, vice presidency. And, you know, I guess it's a sad tale because she was a very educated woman who had a successful time in office as governor. She, like, she did quit all of a sudden, um, which surprised people. But from what I read, she quit for personal reasons, not political reasons. But, um, you know, she had a successful time when she was governor. And even though maybe I don't particularly agree with her policies from what I have read up on. Again, I'm not sure 
but everything she did because I was young, I wasn't paying attention. And even if I was paying attention to politics, I wouldn't have been paying attention to the governor of Alaska when I live in Washington. Um, but yeah, like sad tale. Don't, don't love her, but it's sad because she was a successful and educated woman who became a joke like overnight and lost her political career. From the research that I did, I truly cannot find any like sign of her having any sort of political career from like running for vice president to now. She may have, but from every single Google search I did, I can't find anything. She like disappeared and then popped up on the masked singer all of a sudden. It was very strange. <laughs> um so yeah, she became a joke and you know, it could be seen as a coincidence that, you know, this happened and then obviously her and John McCain didn't win, but statistics prove otherwise. Um, there were these two political scientists that presented a group of younger voters. I want to say, don't quote me on this, I haven't looked at the exact um, study in a couple of days and I didn't write it down in my notes, but I think it was from the age of like 1819 to around 28. I think that's what it was. Anyways, younger voters, they took a group of them and they asked them the following questions. Do you approve or disapprove of John McCain's pick of Sarah Palin as his vice presidential running mate? And does John McCain's pick of Sarah Palin make you more likely to vote for McCain, less likely, or won't make any difference at all? The first time they asked people these set of questions, there had not been any Sarah Palin skits that were broadcasted. And then the second time that they asked the group of voters these questions, um, there had been a couple of episodes that featured Tina Fey's impersonation. And from that time period on the two separate occurrences, her disapproval rate jumped 16% within the participants. And in the study, like the second time that they were asked these questions, they were also handed a sheet filled with a list of news media outlets and they were told to check mark all of the ones that they had seen any news coverage or debate coverage on. And 20% of those participants reported that the only news coverage they'd seen was SNL. And 20% is a pretty large number considering you're talking about the news and the fact that they were getting their information from an entertainment show. Like that's very very mentionable um because 20 percent that's a lot and you know like <laughs> like oh my god i don't know how to explain it because it was just so bad for her career it was so bad it destroyed it like that one that one phrase and her career came tumbling down like sure maybe they wouldn't have won anyways like we're not completely sure of what might have happened had that not been said and had she not been made a joke out of but it was said and she lost um by a great amount and as time went on the public's perception of her just kept becoming lesser and lesser like she was seen as nothing more than Tina Fey's impression Hi, sorry about that. That last audio clip kind of cut out in a funky way, but that was pretty much all I had to say for Sarah Palin. It was 
fine to end it there, but also I had kept talking and it just cut off. Um, but that's besides the point. You don't need to hear about all of that. Um, jumping into our third and final shorter um, example of how SNL can greatly impact American politics. Um, I'm going to be talking about George W. Bush and Al Gore and their campaign. So up until an SNL portrayal of the debate coverage, um, America like collectively had decided that Al Gore had won the debate. And then SNL comes along the next week and, you know, they make fun of the debate. And at the time, Will Ferrell was playing George Bush and Daryl Hammond was playing Al Gore. And like many other politicians, he was made a joke of. <laughs> um, and so all of a sudden, after Saturday, um, America just kind of did a 360 and switched positions and favored Bush all of a sudden. Nothing had changed politically. Like, there was no big scandal or anything that came out. It was solely based off of SNL and the way that they portrayed Al Gore, that everyone just decided to switch sides. Which I find very interesting because people had days before decided that he won the debate. And now all of a sudden they're saying no. So that's really all I have to say for that one. It's, there's not too much to go into. It's a very simple idea, but I thought it was very interesting because, again, um, just the fact that it has so much political influence that no big event can occur. They literally just make a sketch and change people's minds that quickly is fascinating to me. Um, so that's all I have for this episode. There are obviously many more occurrences where you can see a political influence, but there's far too many to get into. Um, maybe one day I'll make another episode about this. I don't think anytime soon, but you can always, you know, look it up yourself. You can find a lot about it. It's called the SNL effect. Um, sometimes it's referred to as the Faye effect. Um, because, you know, good old Tina Fey. Um, and yeah, that's all I have for you. Um, I guess I'm just going to end this by saying, if you ever choose a career in politics, make sure you are on Lauren Michael's good side. And with that, I'm done. Thank you for listening. And I hope you all have a fantastic holiday season. Um, because I know this is going to be coming out on the day that I start winter break, actually. That's exciting. Um, yay. So thank you for listening and I hope to see you next time.